Hey friends, welcome to The Perfectionist Guide to Mothering. I'm your host, Andrea Fortenberry. This is a podcast about finding freedom from perfectionism to show up for the life God has for you. Mom life is messy, unpredictable, and just plain hard sometimes, but it's also amazing. I believe God uses it all to grow us into the women He wants us to be. We can't do motherhood on our own. We need God's help. We need wisdom from other moms. We need the encouragement of community. I hope you'll find all of that and more as you listen in. Welcome to episode 79 of the Perfectionist Guide to Mothering. Right now, we are in the middle of our Body and Soul Summer Series, and today's episode is all about the soul. I am chatting with writer, speaker, and mom, Sarah Hauser. Sarah recently wrote a book called All Who Are Weary, Finding True Rest by Letting Go of the Burdens You Were Never Meant to Carry. I think you're really going to enjoy my conversation with Sarah, where we unpack some things that she talked about in her book, one of those being perfectionism. And I know a lot of us struggle with that very thing, but we talk about some other topics as well. And Sarah gives just great advice from her own personal experience of how we can choose to carry something better than the burdens that weigh us down. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Before we dive in, I just wanted to remind you that I have a magazine, Restore Magazine, that I send out on the first Friday of every month. So I will put the link for that in the show notes. If you're not subscribed, I would love for you to sign up and it's short but sweet issues that I come out with every month really just intended to encourage you in your everyday imperfect but beautiful life. Here's my conversation with Sarah. Welcome to the podcast, Sarah. I am so excited for our conversation today. Thank you so much for having me. It's fun to be here. So you recently released a book and it's called All Who Are Weary, Finding True Rest by Letting Go of the Burdens You Were Never Meant to Carry. I love that subtitle so much. And (laughs) when I saw that you were coming out of this book, I thought I have to have you on to chat about it. So will you share with us just your heart behind the book? What inspired you to write it? And usually, because I'm a writer as well, like you go through some things that yes. will <laughs> that will bring you to write about it. So I would love for you yes. to share with us. Yeah. So I was actually back in 2017, 2018, working on a completely different book proposal about a completely different topic. And that kind of went nowhere. I had, you know, a little bit of interest from some people in the beginning, and then it it it's still collecting digital dust, I like to say. <laughs> but the Lord knew that I was not the time for me to write that book. It was not the season that that would have been healthy for me to write that particular book. And kind of after that, During that season and kind of after I went through a really dark season of depression and along with some of that was also postpartum anxiety that I struggled with, but then sort of that season of depression lasted longer than kind of the postpartum season. And during that, I was in counseling regularly and just struggling with a number of different things. And I was not at all thinking about writing a book at the time. You know, I just, I was not in a good place. I I could barely kind of care for my own family, much less continue to do some of my work. And 
through that season, the Lord really taught me a lot, (laughs) is still teaching me a lot of those lessons. And kind of through counseling, as I started to come out of that season of depression, through some counseling and through some homework my counselor had given me, I started to recognize some common themes in my life of things that I had been struggling with. Things like condemnation, things like comparison and perfectionism. And those are all things that ended up being sort of what I've called these burdens that I've carried in this book. And so through that season of depression and also just some other grief and things throughout my life, I started to see different different areas of my life that the Lord was really addressing through a lot of different people, his word, through prayer, through experiences that I had been having. And and that sort of ended up becoming this book. That's awesome. I found in my own journey that having kids really brought (laughs) out some of these things you're talking about that I didn't realize I was carrying and that I needed to process. And they, they just kind of came out sometimes. And I was like, Oh, I don't, I don't like what's going on here. And after several years of counseling as well, discovered, Oh, this is why I do this. And this is some, you know, some things I can do to where I don't explode. And just realizing that I had these hard issues that I had no idea where we're stuck down there. So yep. <laughs> I think that's a very common, yes. common experience we go through as moms. Yes, for sure. So you mentioned in the book, you share about nine soul crushing burdens that we carry. And one of those that you write about is perfectionism. So I'd love for you to share your thoughts about perfectionism with us today. Yeah. So I, I think there's a number of different ways to think about perfectionism, to talk about perfectionism. The way I have sort of historically thought about it is just this idea of like, I need to look perfect or I need, you know, the work that I turn in to be perfect or whatever it may be. But the way that I talk about it in the book is a bit more broad than that. And what I sort of talk about is kind of an obsession with an ideal or a certain often unattainable ideal. Like we want our families to look a particular way. We want our children to behave a certain way. We want our relationships to pan out a certain way. Mm. And it's like this expectation that we have. And an expectation, of course, isn't necessarily bad. But what I talk about with perfectionism is is this idea that it's it's not just a striving for excellence or working hard, but it's this unhealthy fixation and reliance on a set of circumstances in order for things to be what you want them to be. And it's just this fixation of wanting things to line up the way we want them to line up. And perfectionists try to live up to these impossible ideals, or we try to make others live up to those ideals. And that can lead to so many things like burnout, bitterness, resentment, overwork, in my case, anger. And and really at the heart of it, at least in the way that I talk about it in the book. The heart of it is really about control. And I I really like control. <laughs> I really <laughs> don't like to be out of control or I don't like my kids to be out of control. I want right. things to be the way that I want them to be. And that might not, you know, my version of perfect might not look like the next person's, you know, but mm-hmm. I want things to be the way that I want them to be. And and so what I have kind of been learning and discovering and and still the Lord is teaching me is is about surrendering that control and not giving up and, you know, striving for excellence or anything like that, but just opening my hands 
and just saying, okay, Lord, like this, this is out of my hands or take what I have and do what you will with it, because this is the best I've got. And, and I think to the antidote for that control is, is that posture of surrender. It's so good. Yeah. Really just thinking about like gripping our hands, like trying to force something and control it. And sometimes usually I would say, yeah, yeah the best solution is to let let it go and, and let it be. And I remember when my kids were really little, I would be so frustrated when they wouldn't put their shoes on or they wouldn't, (laughs) you know, we wouldn't be able to get out the door on time. And those were things that triggered my control to wanting to come out. And the Lord is so kind to just show me and remind me, like, sometimes my plan is not the best plan. (laughs) Maybe my kids you know, needed something different from me. They needed me to slow down or they needed yeah. you know, to be grateful for the interruption to my plans because that's what God had for me, not what I had. <laughs> had totally. In my plans. We just went the other day to a children's museum and, you know, the, I, I was kind of hoping that once I wrote this book, I'd, I'd have like checked these things off the list. Like, okay, <laughs> I've learned that. And that's not the case at all. But the Lord is really still teaching me that. So we went to this children's museum and it was one of those days where, you know, I had planned this fun day for our family and everybody was just a disaster, you know, (laughs) and I'm like, and I'm getting so angry. I'm like, this was supposed to be fun, you know, and it's just that, that for me was my struggle with perfectionism, you know, wanting, you know, again, having the expectation is not bad, but then what do I do when that expectation doesn't become reality? And my response was very much anger and frustration and bitterness towards my family. And that, of course, was not the solution. And, you know, so it's still still something I'm working on. For yes, sure. same friend, same. Absolutely. Yeah, that it's, it's interesting because some people say like, oh, I'm not a perfectionist. I don't struggle with that. But I honestly think most people do because there yeah. are specific things like you were saying, maybe my expectations and definition of perfectionism look very different from yours. But I think Mm -hmm. we do have just areas of our life that we like to be a certain way, or we like to have control over these parts. And some, I I think, you know, we're probably all on a spectrum of some of us struggle more than others. But I think if we really think about it, we all, we all kind of struggle with that. And I think another part too, is part of the Part of what we want to control are other people's perceptions yes. of us based yes. upon how we perform or what we do. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's been huge for me for sure. Yeah. So again, I'm, yeah, we're all works in progress <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> about these things, but we can work on them for sure. Sarah, what are some of the other burdens in the book that you chatted about? Yeah. So in addition to perfectionism, like we've talked about, I talk about worthlessness, condemnation, worry, self-sufficiency, insecurity, comparison, insignificance, and despair. And, you know, for me, when I actually took some counseling homework, my, my counselor had given me, and I started to think about what are all these lies that I'm believing mm-hmm. it, they kind of ended up lining up with, with all these different categories that I talk about in the book. Mm-hmm. They all seem like cousins to me, right? Like yeah, often yeah. when, when we have, it, we struggle with one, it's not just one, it's kind of several yeah. of these, they kind of come as a, as a package deal. Sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah. How have you found Sarah that doing this hard work of unpacking 
these burdens and going through counseling and doing the homework, how have you seen that that has helped you to be a better mom? Yeah, that's such a great question because, you know, it's like, I want things to be an easy checklist where it's like, here are the five steps to being a better mom, right? Like that would, that would be so easy, (laughs) (laughs) right? but it's not exactly how it works. But I think for me, again, it's just been this, this sanctifying process of, of having to learn things like surrender and having to learn things like not, you know, what does it mean when, when Jesus says, do not worry? You know, we have so much to worry about. We have so much to be fearful of. So actually reckoning with Jesus words in scripture, when it comes to worry, all of those different things that the Lord has been teaching me as I've been learning them. And again, I'm still a work in progress on Mm -hmm. this. There is such a greater freedom and joy in my motherhood when I do things the way that God <laughs> has, <laughs> has said, you know, when we like the book is kind of built off of Matthew eleven twenty eight. come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This, when we actually come to Christ and do things the way that he wants, instead of wanting that control over, over our lives and over our kids' lives and over our family's lives, there is such a freedom and joy. So, I mean, for example, like actually one of the, one of the biggest struggles that I've had that I talk about in the book is condemnation. So there's a whole chapter on condemnation. And and that for me was probably one of the darkest ones mm-hmm. for me. But when I have actually learned to believe and reckon with the truth that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And when I have failed as a mom, or when I have failed as a wife, or when I have failed in my work or whatever it may be, whether that's an actual failure or me like perceiving a failure or somebody Mm -hmm. else telling me I failed it and it's not like a true failure, whatever it is, like knowing and believing that there is no condemnation. Wow. Like what freedom that offers for me to then confess and, you know, apologize to my kids or whoever it is and to, to change, to have the Lord change me and to, to keep moving on. And I think what has happened to me in the past, and I still sometimes, sometimes struggle with is things like condemnation, when that is weighing heavy on me, it is, it, sometimes it feels impossible to actually even go about my day because I feel almost every moment, like I am failing, like I am blowing it. Like I am not, my my kids are worse with me, you know, and, and those, those feelings and those lies, when we actually believe the truth of what God says about us, about the work that he's done, about who he is. Goodness gracious, there's such a greater freedom and joy in my motherhood than than there was before. And, you know, and I think that same lesson applies to these other struggles, these other burdens, you know, when I can let go of self-sufficiency and ask for help, you know, gosh, what freedom and joy can come right. with that when I'm when I'm not sort of stuck with these impossible burdens that we put on our shoulders, you know, motherhood is hard enough as it is. (laughs) Right. Right. And then we, we throw on all this other stuff like comparison and perfectionism and condemnation. We like, or that stuff gets thrown on us, right? Like the devil has a lot of tricks up his sleeve. He knows how to kick us when we're down. Right. And, and, but when we, when we can 
start to let those go when we can start to see how the Lord takes those off of our shoulders. Again, the freedom and joy are the two things that come to my mind from what I've experienced as the Lord's been working on me in those ways. I love that. Just thinking about the contrast of what freedom and joy feel like in motherhood versus the worry, the fear, the shame, the condemnation, like goodness, like such contrast and, and God, I think wants to offer us so intensely that freedom and joy. But sometimes, like you said, we just, I think we hear the voice of the enemy just so loudly and we have to learn to turn it off or to turn to other things just that will, that will help us. I think a big thing that most moms struggle with is fear and Mm -hmm. fear of messing up our kids or like we, (laughs) when we have a mom failure, we're super quick to be like, okay, like this is the defining moment where I messed up my kid and now they're going to do drugs and like run off and, and make ungodly choices. And like, I ruin their lives. Like we somehow go from being a human who makes a mistake to just like this crazy path where it's all our fault. But it has just helped me to remember that God can work our mistakes into his plan and use them for good. And also that God loves and cares for our kids even Mm -hmm. more than we do. And we can trust God with our children. Like yeah. That, that is just for me, I have to sometimes think about that. Like what, which of these choices am I going to make? Am I going to sit in the condemnation or like playing this out and feeling like a failure or am I going to choose to trust God instead? That's so good. One line that has come back to me over and over again that I, I keep sharing and it's not my line. This is Susan Yates, who's a, an author and speaker. She said something at a conference I was at once and she says something to the effect of your ability to ruin your child is not nearly as powerful as God's ability to redeem them. Oh, that's so good. And I just like, I I've read that line 150 times and I, it makes me teary eyed almost every time still, because I think, you know, it's like we give ourselves too much credit. We think that we can ruin our child. And, and of course our actions do affect our children. I don't want to, you know, like sin is a big deal and and how we parent matters, but God, (laughs) you know, God is so much greater than all of that. And, and even in our failure, he can use that and he can redeem that and he can redeem our children Mm -hmm. and we are not the ones that can redeem them. And Mm -hmm. that, that I think being able to let go of that failure and saying, okay, God, like I messed up or I'm fearful of this, or my kid is making poor decisions and that's not how they were raised. Just being able to say, Lord, I entrust them to you. And you're going to have to do what you're going to have to do. And and that posture, again, going back to that idea of surrender, I think can be so hard, but so freeing at the same time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you mentioned surrender. What are some other ways that we can release these burdens and choose to carry something better instead? Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I, not to sound cliche and sort of offer the Sunday school answer here, <laughs> but I, I think I think prayer and being in God's word and being in community and all of these ways that God has given us to know him and to know his people and to find nourishment for our souls that we so desperately need. We have to have those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, And I think sometimes when we're struggling, I think sometimes the, the very first thing that we need to do 
and this can look different on how we do it, but we need to actually pause long enough to think and pray about what it is that we're struggling with. Mm-hmm. You know, I think sometimes our busyness or our numbing out or whatever it might be, we're just sort of moving from one thing to the next without actually thinking like, what am I actually struggling with? Oh, this is this is condemnation. This is whatever. And when we don't actually name those things, it's really hard to fight them. And, and I think that's sort of one of the first steps is actually naming what we're struggling with, right. And naming the burdens and naming the, the hurts that we're dealing with, you know, for, for me, again, the big one was condemnation, but also a whole lot of other ones, you know, for others, there's, there's profound trauma wrapped up in some of these there's, you know, childhood issues wrapped up in these, there's all kinds of stuff, or it might simply be naming what we're worried about. You know, we might have these feelings of worry and it's as simple as taking a pen and paper and writing down all the things that I'm worried about today, picking my kids up on time, like choosing a health insurance plan, like just all these, you know, adult life things that we have to worry about. I think even those little, I I don't want to say, I don't say little in the sense of demeaning, but I think those things can actually cause more struggle than sometimes we notice Mm -hmm. because we're not actually naming what those what those burdens and what those struggles and what those hurts are. And again, that I think even that process of naming has to happen through pausing, through intentionality, through prayer, through being in God's word when he reveals stuff through his word, through community. And for me, like we've already alluded to, a huge one was professional counseling. Mm-hmm. I did not realize how deeply I was struggling with feelings of worthlessness until I went to counseling. Mm-hmm. And I think for for many of us that like we we need to we need to fork over some money and pay a professional to help us because it mm-hmm. is really hard. And again, and I say that maybe I may come off a little too harsh in the way that I say that, but my my point is I it's it's really hard and and sometimes doing that work is is something that that we need all kinds of people in our lives to help us to do and and to you know get a team of people around us to help deal with those burdens yeah absolutely and i encourage listeners all the time like as moms we are worth the investment time mm-hmm. and money into things that will help us help our souls because all of those things spill over and bless our families as well. Because sometimes as a mom, we're like, Oh, I have to spend that money that we could be spending on other things. I have to find a babysitter that's going to cost money. And so sometimes we're just so wrapped up in what it could, what it seems to be taking away. But really when we invest in ourselves, it's adding so much more to our family. So I always try to mention that about you know, this is your permission, moms, like go invest in yourself because when you're better, your family can be better. And I'll say too, oh, I'm sorry. Go for it. I was going to say too, just, I mean, even with that, I want to recognize too, like it is like, I'm super thankful that we actually had the, the finances for me to do counseling. And so I recognize that that's always not even a possibility for some people, but I will say, you know, there's, there are resources out there. There's a lot of times, even a lot of online things now with with counseling, mm-hmm. which can be much more affordable. I know my counselor, when we were going through a hard season financially, she just dropped her prices for me because okay. she knew she was like, and and she knew us very well at that point. So I don't want to like say everybody will do that, but I was so grateful for that because I we couldn't have actually continued to do that work. And so I just want to like be sensitive to the, and even just recognize that 
being able to do that kind of work can be financially costly, but, but just continue to ask and to do the research and to do the homework and to check out your health insurance oftentimes pays for at least a portion of it. And, but ultimately to know that you don't have to do this alone and whatever that team of people around you can look like wrestling through these burdens is not something that has to happen by yourself. Absolutely. A lot of churches do offer some counseling, like Mm -hmm. some free sessions. So if you are in that spot of like, oh, I don't think I can afford it, check with your church. I'll also link in the show notes, focus on the family. You can call them and talk to a counselor. And I don't know how many sessions they give you or how long, but that's a good place to start to kind of see what, what places that they know of that would be more affordable and that kind of thing. And so, and I actually will list a couple of counselors that I know in the show notes for listeners, if you're looking for one. And then Sarah, I love how you were talking about just that pause and pray. I think that pause is so important to really identify what's going on because like you, how you mentioned for you, you were feeling like anger and frustration and these feelings that were kind of the impetus to kind of figure out what was going on. And so I, similar story. And when I went to counseling, my counselor talked about in those moments where you feel triggered and angry, figure out what's the root of that. Like anger really is a secondary emotion. And so for me, it was so eye opening to think about, oh, why am I actually angry? And and for me, one of the things I discovered was, oh, when my children who were little and were being children, but when they would would not obey what I was saying and I would get angry, a trigger for me was feeling disrespected. Mm-hmm. And so that was really important for me to identify that and then learn, okay, what am I going to do about this? But also just, it was so important to name it and to figure, yeah. figure that out. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And I loved also how you talked about community. I think a lot of times maybe a a trigger or a feeling that we really feel that we can't put our finger on is loneliness. Like we feel Mm -hmm. like we're all alone, that nobody else struggles with the things that we're struggling with. So when we can be in community and be in relationship with people who are honest about the things that they struggle with too, then I feel like that takes some burdens off of us of, oh, I'm not the only one who gets angry at my kids or yeah. who worries or whatever those things are. I think it can bring us just so much healing to be, to be in community. And isn't it amazing that God wired us that way? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Well, awesome. Sarah, thank you for all of this. I think it's really going to help us and listeners to just process some of these things and realize that Jesus does invite us into rest and a different way of living. So thank you so much. Yeah. At the end of every episode, I like to ask some fun questions. So I'm excited to hear your answers. So first one, what are you reading, watching, or listening to these days? Yeah. So I feel like I'm a little all over the place with, with this, but a couple of great books have come out. A friend of mine, Linda McKillop actually just wrote a middle grade novel called Hotel Oscar Mike Echo addressing issues of poverty and homelessness. So I'm I'm reading that right now. And then Dr. Carmen Imes, she's a professor, I think at Biola now, but she just came out with another book. The, her first one is called Bearing God's Name. And the next, the second one's called Being God's Image. 
but she is a professor of Old Testament and she has a way of really teaching really profound theological truths in layman's terms and just really diving deep into scripture. And so anyway, she just released another book this past month. So I'm excited to dig into that. Awesome. Well, I will link those for listeners if they want to check those out. Next question. What is a favorite product, service, or practice that makes your life easier? Great question. (laughs) I feel like I need, I need more of these for summer because summer is a little bit kicking my butt. But (laughs) one thing I've been doing for a long time is this, I think I stole from Kendra Adachi, the lazy genius, but I almost every Monday I make the same exact meal. I like variety. I like to, you know, I like cooking, but there's just something about on a Monday night, always knowing what we're having for dinner. And it's all stuff we'll do like pasta with frozen meatballs and frozen green. Like it's all stuff that I can have on hand Mm -hmm. all the time. So I know that even if we don't have other food in the house, we always have that and come Monday, like a Monday's meals are planned. And so sticking to that has been kind of a game changer for us. I love that. Yeah. It's her decide once. Yes, (laughs) exactly. Decide once (laughs) philosophy. I was like, okay, this is what we're doing on Mondays. Yeah. I love that. Awesome. Next question. What is your best soul or self-care tip for moms? Yeah, this just goes back to what we've already been talking about. One, just spending some time reflecting and pausing and praying. And then two, ask for help whatever that looks like and, and ask for help knowing that not everybody's going to be able to offer the help that you need or want. Some people might have to say no, but also not taking that personally. And, you know, but, but yeah, just pausing and praying, like we've said, and asking for help, I think are, are two things that I'm still learning to do, but have been really important for me. Awesome. What is God teaching you in this season? Yeah. So summer's a little chaotic uh, with yes. the kids home from school. I don't know. I'm sure other moms are feeling like that. My husband also just had surgery. He ruptured his Achilles about two months ago. And so that was kind of the start of our summer. He was completely immobile. And so it just sort of threw us and our summer plans and stuff for a loop. So I say all that, you know, he's fine. He's going to be fine. But it's just been summer's been more chaotic than I, I knew it was going to be kind of chaotic, but it's been more chaotic than I thought. But again, like I'm the Lord is teaching me just again, how to rest in him, even when circumstances aren't restful. Mm -hmm. And what does it actually look like to figure out how to pause and how to pray in the, in the middle of a very busy day or when I'm completely worn out? Like what, what is it that the Lord is calling me to do in this season? And so again, like, I, I feel like I'm, I'm beating a dead horse a little bit because I've been talking about rest for multiple years now (laughs) as I've been writing this book, but he's just always teaching me what does it look like to rest even when circumstances are not restful. I love that phrase. Yeah. Cause I think sometimes we think, oh, I will rest when yeah, yeah, life is calm. Life is peaceful. I finish my to-do list, but God invites us into rest when it's not always ideal or restful. So I love that. I love that phrase. Well said. Well, Sarah, this has been really fun. I would love for listeners to be able to connect with you. So where can they do that? Yeah, I'd love to connect. I'm on Instagram. It's at sarah.j.hauser. I'm pretty inactive there just for the summer, but I will I will be back on. And then I also send out a monthly newsletter. You can check that out at sarahjhauser.com slash subscribe or just check out my website, sarahjhauser.com. Awesome. Well, I will link that for listeners in the show notes. Thank you so much for all that you've shared. I know it's going to be a blessing too to our listeners today. 
Thank you so much. It was fun to chat. As we go, I want to remind you that you're doing an amazing job as a mom. No, you're not perfect. None of us are. There's no such thing. But you're showing up, you're learning from your mistakes, and you've got God on your side. He fills in the gaps of our imperfections, and we can trust Him. Keep going, my friends. You are doing good and meaningful work. I'll see you next time.